We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast with Jason, Steven, and Tyler. This is Tyler, and we've got Steven returning from Tuesday, and Jason finally back from Texas. How's it going, guys? It's going great. It's going great. Feel great. It's been uh, it's been an interesting last couple of weeks for the off season. It's getting it's firing off on all cylinders, man. It's starting quick. Yeah, doing good as well. You know, just kind of trying to wait out the mass hysteria going around, but I can't complain. Oh my god, mass hysteria! NBA mass shut hysteria. down. Yeah, I know. Well, there's nothing else to do but listen to this podcast. So glad you guys are here <laughs> with us. Before we continue, I just wanted to mention that we are on both Instagram and Facebook now. So please give the Instagram a follow. Uh, for clip outs and, and graphics and whatnot. And the Facebook page may be for like a general base camp for updates and putting events together, which we will come training camp. Feel free to give us a follow there as well as on Twitter if you haven't already at GAC Podcast 17. Additionally, should you not want to stab yourself after watching our, or listening to our podcast, you can leave us a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. That would be great. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to get those reviews up and positive, please. All right, moving on. On Tuesday, we touched on a bit of news so far with the main moves in free agency, uh, not retaining Travis Benjamin, trading for Trey Turner. It's not really free agency, but whatever. And signing Austin Eckler to a four-year, $24.5 million deal that will keep him through 2023. Today, we turn our attention to the rest of free agency, and we're going to cover all of it. We're going to talk about the free agents that the Chargers have, whether they should be retained or not, and then we'll try to find some uh, some players in free agency the Chargers should be uh, consider bringing, either on offense or defense. But... So, let's go through the list of Chargers free agents first. Up first, at quarterback, we know the big one, Rivers. He's not going to be here. Any thoughts on that, or are we pretty much good to move on? No, no, we're good. <laughs> All right, well, moving on. Up next, we have running back and fullback. Melvin Gordon's a free agent, and Derek Watt's a free agent. I think Derek Watt is more likely to be re-signed at this point, you know, if not as a fullback, at least, well, as a fullback, obviously, but for his role on special teams as well. Not a huge big deal it's not a big contract i'm sure it'll get worked out at some point but well i mean he's the best special tamer on the team right now yeah. and i mean mm-hmm. he's a great fullback so i feel sure. like it's a must sign there especially you're moving so this is big because you're moving on from philip rivers so you're probably mm-hmm. going to be more run heavy so now Derek watt's just going to command more of like he's a bigger need now than he was when philip rivers was still on the team melvin gordon's going so the blocking is going to have to be better, which means Derek Watt's role is that much more important. It's just this is Derek Watt's dream offseason. Everything has mm-hmm. gone his way. He's going to get paid pretty well for a fullback, I would think. Yeah, and just like when you were talking about, at worst case scenario for Derek Watt is you have a, a great special teams player. So um, he's made himself really invaluable to the team because of that fact. And you know, I would expect him to be resigned as as well. And 
Um, you know, he's got to keep that streak going of where he ta- he plays 10 plays or more and the Chargers stay undefeated. So looking forward to that <laughs> and uh, hoping that continues. Do you think Derek yeah, Watt absolutely. tells them that? Do you think he's just in the coach's <laughs> ear like, hey, uh, <laughs> I think his wife undefeated. does. Yeah, his yeah. wife's showing up to the practice facility like, hey, uh, you, you are undefeated. Just with a megaphone. Play, Play my him. husband. <laughs> I believe it. Honestly, she's so supportive yeah. of him, and it's awesome. It yeah, really she's is. a great follow on Twitter, too. Yeah, Patrick Ricard of the Ravens signed a two-year, $7.3 million deal last year. I don't think they're going to pull, like, a Kyle Juszczyk and sign him to a four-year, $21 million deal because he doesn't play that many snaps. Do it. Jeez, four years, $21 million. Eckler makes six a year. You're going to pay another guy five a year at fullback? Spend $11 million on a run back and fullback. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, would you rather have Eckler and Water or Gordon for 13? Right? Uh, it's very, very easy decision there. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> also, this was interesting. Austin Eckler on NFL Network, when asked, do you expect Gordon in the backfield continuing next year? He says, as far as it looks right now, I honestly do not know. But as far as the situation with them signing me, I feel like they're probably not going to be able to come to an agreement as far as what he's asking. More of the same situation that they may have been facing last season. I would say no right now, but that's all speculation. You guys put any weight in that or just... I mean, it's interesting that he would come out and, and say that. I'm surprised to hear it. Yeah, it is interesting that he would say that. Um, even Eric Williams, you know, in our, in our conversation, he said that he thinks the team is probably moving on from Melvin Gordon as well. So I think all signs are pointing in that direction. In our episode from Tuesday, I kind of said I was I put it at 50%. I think after hearing my hearing the interview and hearing uh, Austin Eckler's comments, I think that kind of has gone up. I would say there's not a very good chance that the team retains him. Um, I'm fine with they, if they bring him back, if, if the contract is right. Uh, I just think all signs are pointing towards him signing elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, you're already putting $6 million a year into Austin Eckler. Uh, so say you get Derek Watt back, I'm assuming they're getting him like $4 million a year maybe. You think that sounds about right? $3.5 million a year? Sure. Yeah. So you're already putting about $10 million at, the, at that point. Well, you still got to pay Justin Jackson in a couple of years here too. So, I mean, it does not make sense at all to bring Gordon back when you're already investing so much into just uh, Watt and Eckler alone. I mean, their scouting is so good. They scout running backs so well. They can go find somebody undrafted that performs so, like, you found Austin Eckler. You found Brandon Oliver. You found uh, Derek Gore. You found Detrez Newsome. I honestly would not be happy at all if they even went and drafted a, a running back let alone go sign Melvin Gordon. You, you shouldn't be paying mm-hmm. your running backs 10-plus million when you can find them. It's like they grow on trees. I mean, mm-hmm. they just go and find these guys out of nowhere. Western Colorado State, is, isn't that where Austin – where is that? I mean, Western Colorado, but <laughs> – It's Western, yeah. <laughs> it's Western Colorado, but <laughs> you get what I mean. Nobody, I didn't even know that existed until Austin Eckler was on the team. Yeah. It's just – Great scouting department when they're looking at running backs, man. There's no reason to pay Melvin Gordon. There's zero reason. Yeah, I thought his story that they were saying about his jersey number from his first training camp was pretty crazy because they gave him number three, and that was like a jersey jersey that they handed out to people they thought had zero chance of making the team. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's just defied all odds to even make the team and let alone be this kind of player and, and develop into this kind of elite running back and so it's just, it's just so good to watch the the development that jason's talking about so you know eric williams kind of brought up jk dobbins in our in our talk and i think that's a little bit rich for my taste i think he fits really well and eric williams pointed that out um but i think if they draft a running back it's going to be uh on day three where they can kind of spread the value and, and address positions of need early on all right, moving on to wide receiver. We know they let go of Travis Benjamin. He's not coming back. Other than that, they got Jeremy Davis and Dylan Cantrell. Either of those guys making the team next year? Nah. Nah. Yeah, I, I could, I could see Davis just because of his sure. special teams acumen. But if you're carrying six receivers and Jeremy Davis is your sixth receiver, like that's okay. But, you know, we've talked a lot about how they need to address this position and get some more talent in there. So um if he's the wide receiver six like i'm okay with it but yeah that's like the best case scenario for him so like with davis he was injured way too much considering he wasn't ever on the field uh aside from special teams 
And he was outplayed by the likes of Andre Patton and Jason Moore. And I know Jeremy Davis has that 50-50 potential, like where he could go up and get a, a contested ball. Or uh, he take, he does, he does catches very well through contact. I'll give him that. But mm-hmm. when Jason Moore, with two receptions and 43 yards, had the best game out of any wide receiver not named Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you got a big problem. Two receptions for 43 yards was the best of any receiver. Out, not named Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Isn't that insane? That's insane. D- thank That's you for terrible. your insight. <laughs> You're welcome, Jason. I'm here for you. I'm such a listener. But it's time oh, to man. find. Uh, it's time to find younger options. You know, it's time to find guys that can make plays in a pinch. You're not going to put Jeremy Davis sure. in when you're in a pinch. Like, I mean, I guess you could, but it's not a good idea. They they chose to put Jason Moore in. They chose to put Andre Patton in. And you know, Jeremy Davis isn't he going to turn 28 soon? So it's just not. Nah, I, I can't see it even as a special teamer. Uh, go find younger options that have the potential to grow. And then with Dylan Cantrell, I want no further part of that experiment. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over it. He he's about to turn 25 or 26 as well. So I mean, like, go get younger guys that actually have a role on this team. Dylan Cantrell offers basically the same thing Mike Williams does at this point. So I mean, I guess if you want to resign Dylan Cantrell to a really cheap deal, and just in case Mike Williams gets hurt, you could. But at that point you're probably looking for trade options if Williams gets like truly hurt because you're just your receiving room sucks really bad right now. Uh, obviously outside of the main two, but depth is so important, especially in a wide receiver room in today's NFL where you're going to these four receiver sets. You need to confuse the defenses, and they just don't have the weapons to do that on the perimeter right now. All right, moving on to offensive tackle. By the way, we're not covering every single guy. I'm not going to cover like a Spencer Drango or – Whatever you know, I'm just gonna. Or this guy named uh, Dylan DeBoer. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea who this is. Was the note I put under his name? <laughs> I just have no mark. idea. Yeah. So the only real notable tackle we're talking about is Trent Scott. Which I mean, maybe I don't know if they like him all that much, but with Okungan, they have. I mean, someone's got to be behind Pipkins, right? Yeah, I don't see. I don't see them moving on from Scott. I think they resigned mm-hmm. him for a cheap price, just in case of an emergency. And I mean, he did develop. You remember the preseason, how bad he looked versus oh like, mm-hmm. I think it was against the Raiders where he didn't even give up a single pressure. So, I mean, he developed, he's not, I've seen worse tackles in the NFL. I'm not saying he's even good. I'm not even saying he's okay, but you could do a lot worse with a backup yeah. tackle. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about what we think they should do at this position. And I think everybody in the world knows that they should at least draft one offensive tackle. So if you're signing Trent Scott to be your fourth or fifth tackle, like I'm okay with that. All right, next up, the really only notable interior offensive lineman is now not going to be with the team officially, I guess, because they brought in Trey Turner. That's Michael Schofield. Well, I pretty mean, much pretty much out at this point, right? I mean, if they think he can play tackle, right? Because Michael Schofield has played tackle for the Chargers. So I mean, sure. with Trey Turner, and then you have Lamp Feeney. It's a solid room kind of now at the interior line. You got Questenberry and potentially bringing Pouncey back. Um, so, I mean, that's a solid room. So, I, I mean, I guess you move on unless you want Schofield as tackle depth, right? Yeah, but he's not going to stick around for tackle depth. I'm sure he, he's earned a, a decent contract somewhere else. Sure, probably. All right, and next up, a bigger name at least, Hunter Henry. Actually, there's a couple of guys here. Only one big name, though. Hunter Henry, Sean Colkin, and Lance Kendricks. Jason, you're pretty much ready to sweep this one away yeah i kind of want to get you know i i do want to keep hunter henry but i my whole case lately has been i would get it if they moved on from hunter henry and this this was because of the one tweet we know what tweet it was that we would be done (laughs) with the franchise if hunter henry left is no more that was the last straw and that's why i kind of said look i would get it if hunter henry if they moved on He's been injured. He kind of regressed as a blocker. And he's yeah. a great receiving tight end. Great receiving tight end. But it's just with somebody with durability issues and he's not the full package recently, he could change. He could bounce back. It's, I would understand. But I do want Hunter Henry back. Uh, the other two, see ya. Yeah. You know, uh, Kendricks and Colkin, they're not really necessary. Um, I thought Colkin showed enough signs in preseason that I would be okay with him as like a tight end three, but he's just always hurt. It. Yeah, I swear and every so, time he jumps up into the air to make a catch, yep. he comes down he injured. Makes amazing catches and then 
yeah. tears his Achilles or whatever. It's tough to watch. So as far as Hunter Henry goes, I think personally the right decision is to franchise tag him and make him prove that he can stay healthy for a season. Um, that being said, I don't know how likely that is. I don't feel like Telesco really franchises many players very often. Right. Um, so in that case, I would prefer a short-term deal, like a two-year type deal, where again, you know, if if he is hurt and in that trend continues, it's not that much of a risk. So I think the the thing here with Hunter Henry is you want him back, but you also have to mitigate that injury risk because he has been hurt every single year except for his rookie year, really. So there is a lot of injury risk there, and if you're paying Hunter Henry top tight end money, you're hoping to get at least 14 games out of him a year, and that has not been the case. Right, and I mean, there's one big thing here, and it's why they absolutely need to keep him, is because it's essential to have a good tight end when you have a young quarterback, and Mm -hmm. they're about to bring in a young quarterback. I think that's kind of well-known. Well, I mean, it should be. They should bring in a young quarterback. If they don't, I'm a little worried. Uh, well, even then, Tyrod Tyrod and uh, has a good history of throwing to tight ends. So Charles Clay, uh, yeah. So I think you want to have a good tight end around just in general. And obviously, if a young quarterback is around, but you know, I think Hunter Henry again is that injury risk. So that's the thing that you have to talk about is the injury risk, but also the wasteland that is NFL tight ends. Right. Anybody else on offense you guys want to talk about? Or are you ready to move on to defense? Uh, unless we want to talk about, you know, Troy Main Pulp, Spencer Drango, and uh, Ryan Groy. God, Pope's a free agent? Was Pope just Troy the one Pope's year? a free agent? Yeah, Troy Main Pope is a free agent. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. So, I mean, oh. like, that's why I was kind of saying earlier they, they could go find another running back or they might not because, I mean, Pope did oh, show a little bad. bit of uh, a little bit of moves from this preseason and against the Miami Dolphins, I mean. Mm-hmm. And they used him as a returner for a lot of the season, so... I mean, he might stick around. He might not. Uh, I think they go find a more powerful runner to replace him as a third back. But, yeah, Pope is a free agent this year. Interesting. All right, well, moving on to defense. Interior defensive line, you have Damian Square and Sylvester Williams. This is a I wouldn't one. be shocked if both returned, yeah. at least Square. I think Square should be back. I think Square showed enough signs that – when given the role and when given the place, like he was throwing dudes around and tossing them like they like left and right. So I think square should be back. And I think he really is like a great mentor to have around for Justin Jones and Jerry Tillery. Um, Sylvester Williams, you know, he played really well in the games that he did play in specifically the Chicago game. Um, that one just more depends on what happens with Brandon Meebane, I think, but I think square definitely is back. Yeah, I mean, you got Square, who was maybe the best pass-rushing defensive tackle on the team last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was plays where he would do this little arm chop that he that he released out of his arsenal, and it looked like baby Aaron Donald. <laughs> it was uh, it was yeah. really impressive to see him just you know finesse these guys and get around them in half a second. Already have the quarterback on the run. That that mean rushing skill set towards the middle of the season that he developed was great and caused so much disruption. Um, and I feel like he's a must sign. He's a he's a must sign with the development of Tillery. You know, Justin Jones has developed well, but you know he was hurt for last season, so you need the depth there. And Sylvester Williams, I actually think they let him walk, but I would sign him if I had the choice. Mm-hmm. I love to keep Williams around. I thought he was by far the best overall defensive tackle on the roster, but he just didn't get the opportunities. I don't know if it was from practice, if he was kind of like you know loafing a little bit, lazing around. Uh, but I, man, there were, that Chicago game was legit. I don't understand how they took away his reps like that, but he was throwing guys. He was an anchor. Uh, even in later games, he would get only like eight snaps and you could see right when he was on the field, his presence was known. So, I mean, especially if they let square go and if they cut me Bane or me Bane retires, we don't really know at this point. This is a must sign in my book. I just don't know if they do it or not because they didn't seem to value him very much. They don't seem to value the the run stuffing anchors in the middle, and it really showed, especially with the drafting of Tillery, who was not known for that. He's known for getting to the to the quarterback, so it it, it seems to me like they don't really value that that role very much. Um, but they should because. <laughs> That's what lost them in the playoffs the year prior. They should learn to value that. 
All right, the next guy up, defensive end Isaac Rochelle. He didn't quite make the jump I wanted him to. He looked yeah. all right in 2019. I thought, okay, he can make the next, you know, Nick take the next step or something, but kind of just faded away last year. He had close to no production. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that was weird about Rochelle is that he was almost used as like the defensive tackle pass rusher in, in passing down situations over a guy like Nwosu or even Damian Square, which I didn't really understand that the usage of Rochelle over guys like that. So um, I don't think he's necessary. I think the team likes him. I think he's popular in the locker room, but I don't, I'm fine with moving on from him. I mean, he puts up some decent enough tape to like where you could say, all right, I get it. But you have to produce at some point, yeah. and he just doesn't. He doesn't get to the quarterback. I don't think he's – I don't want to say he's not athletic enough, but that's kind of where I'm leading to. I don't think he's athletic enough to get to the quarterback. Like, no matter how smart he is, or no matter his football IQ or how, how well he beats the first move, it's like he never he never finishes it. He, he just doesn't produce. There's not a lot of pressures. There's not a lot of sacks. There's not a lot of tackles. And you're just taking reps away from Nwosu when you put him on the field, you're taking reps mm-hmm. from Tillery who needs to develop. So, I mean, I think they let him walk because you do, you do have to produce at some point and he didn't despite getting a ton of opportunities. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like they walk away from Isaac Rochelle. Up next are two linebackers who I, I assume at this point, if the team is seeking depth at linebacker, I'm pretty sure that means they're moving on from these guys, Nick DeZubnar and Jatavis Brown. What do you think? I don't like that they're moving on from Jatavis Brown. I mm-hmm. think they have 100% mishandled Jatavis Brown, and I don't think it's been very fair to Brown how they've kind of put him on the spot. He's kind of been a scapegoat, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he did have the one missed tackle. I, I don't remember who that was against. Was it Steelers. Pittsburgh? Yeah, it was Pittsburgh. off the guy or whatever. Yeah, and, I mean, that's a – that's yeah. But um, the Zubnar, I have 100% – expect him to go he wasn't even a top three special teamer on the roster last year and that's what he's supposed to be known for yeah and he wasn't the year prior either so they might resign him but there's no reason to keep him around when he doesn't have value as a special teamer or a linebacker yeah and they almost never played him as a linebacker right they never really did and when they did give him the opportunity in the preseason it was it was bad it was bad Um, he was just the guy that was worse than tranquil right (laughs) Uh, then Jatavis Brown, I feel like they still have a role for him that they like. Yeah. They like him as that dime backer, kind of. They they put him on the field against uh, Kansas City when they went down and played in Mexico City. So, I mean, I feel like they have a role for Jatavis Brown. But I feel like that role was more there because Adrian Phillips was injured and kind of returning slash, you know, getting back on the field. So, I mean, maybe they move on. I think there's still a role for him on this team. Um, but I could easily see them walking. Yeah, and there's talk that you know they're moving on from Denzel Perryman, so you can't you you can't move on from Javis Brown and Denzel Perryman. Like this is the wrong time to be needing linebacker depth, in my opinion. You know, I think the linebacker class in the draft is very top heavy with Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen and obviously Isaiah Simmons. Um, But they're seeing some of those guys even overrated a little bit, like Patrick Queen. Some saying he's a top ten pick, and you're just like, what? Yeah, so I, I'm out. This is this is the wrong time to need linebacker depth and and especially linebackers that you hoped can develop into starters. And then in the free agent class, which I, I don't know if we'll talk about this later on, but um, there's really like it's the really expensive guys and just you know the guys that we don't that are like Jatavis Brown. So I would rather just keep Jatavis Brown. Yeah, I'm fine with moving on from Denzel Perryman, but yeah, I think you got to keep Jatavis Brown for depth. Next up, we've got Adrian Phillips, who's an interesting one. I think depending on how they draft, he could be a bit of a liability and not brought back. But the team is definitely better when he's on the field. And so I would like for them to bring him back. But I could also see where they would move on depending on what they do in the draft. So, I mean, you got Adrian Phillips. And then we're going to talk about Jalen Watkins here in a second. And I feel like they tie in together, right? You have Nasir Adderley, you have Jalen Watkins, and you have Adrian Phillips. Those three are going to com- be competing for the same spot as that kind of like that hybrid linebacker safety, I feel like. And then you're going to see Nasir kind of, I feel like, compete at nickel corner with Desmond King as well and maybe even outside corner um, because I think they're moving on from Michael Davis. I would move on from Michael Davis. Uh, so it's going to be interesting between those three. Do you sign all three? I mean, if you 
they already kind of re-signed Adrian Phillips on a cheap deal the year before, and he was hurt all year this year, so I feel like they could do it again. Um, and then you have Nasir Adderley. you got to get him on the field. He was your second-round pick. He has a ton of talent, so you got to get him on the field. But they love Rayshon Jenkins. They're saying he's a breakout player next year, and we're all really excited He's already about elite, that. though. Uh, yeah. yeah, how do you break he's out a, once you're elite? He's super sand. They're <laughs> taking it up a notch. <laughs> so um, this so, is this is maybe the toughest bit of free agency where I have no idea what they're going to do. Because if you bring back Jalen Watkins, I feel like you let Adrian Phillips go. Yeah. And if you bring back Adrian Phillips, I feel like you kind of let Jalen Watkins go. You could sign both, but then you're spending maybe $6 million on two guys that maybe never see the field because Nasir mm-hmm. Adderley might take the position. So I have zero clue. I have zero clue what they do here. Yeah, you can't you can't keep both. You have to choose one. Um, I really like Adrian Phillips. He, you know, he's another guy that is a, a a really good story and just a really good player that has has come with all this development. And um, I think the team is better with him. But again, this depends on the draft. Like if Isaiah Simmons is sitting there at six, and you have Adrian Phillips on the roster, like that's. Like that's what Isaiah Simmons is gonna do. Like he's gonna be Adrian Phillips' role. So, you know, that kind of I don't know if they'll be able to wait that long until the draft to to re-sign him. I think they probably have to do it relatively soon. I'm okay keeping him and having him as as depth behind Derwin and and being able to rotate in because if you lose Derwin, like we saw what happened this year, if you lose Derwin James. Like, if you have Adrian Phillips there instead of Jalen Watkins, like, that makes me feel a little bit better. Or Roderick Teamer. <laughs> God, no. I feel like Adrian Phillips and Jalen Watkins are kind of the same player, too. Like, they bring the same, like, for, like, tenacity to the position. Yeah. And I feel like Adrian Phillips is just kind of the player we all wish we had at linebacker. <laughs> like, when Adrian Phillips is at linebacker, you know, he can cover, he hits hard, he's smart, and he just has a nose for the football. And I feel like all of our linebackers either don't get on the field or can't do that. So, yeah, I mean, Adrian Phillips is kind of the guy you don't want to move on from because he does. He does so many things. He's the best linebacker on the Chargers, and he's a safety. So that's interesting. He's older. Him and Jalen Watkins are both older, so maybe. But, man, I don't want to let either of those two go. I really don't. They both earned their spot here. Yeah, I would love to see them both back. I could see see where they would bring them both back to, but who knows? Last but not least, corner. Uh, Michael Davis, that's it. Uh, almost would have been Trevor Williams, but he's not with the Eagles. I hope he does well there, but like Verrett, he just couldn't stay healthy. Ton is, of talent. But... Is that where Trevor Williams went? I didn't. Even I swear, know that. the Philadelphia Eagles are where corners go to die. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the Eagles, and then you never hear from them again. Yeah, we'll oh. see. I don't know. I think he went to. I almost feel like he went to Arizona. another team, and then I Arizona. Thought, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, but getting back to Michael Davis, like I, I'm kind of done like i've seen enough and i thought when i went down at training camp i thought that he had a good training camp and i thought that there would be some good signs and it seemed like he was moving in the right direction and then he got suspended and then it kind of just tanked so i'm I'm good i I think brandon and i mean i don't know if i'm in the minority here but i think brandon face on kind of was better towards the end of the season yeah I mean, I'd rather go with Faison, yeah. Faison tackled really well to the point that I yeah. mistaked him for Desmond King multiple times. Uh, and then Faison covered the deep ball a lot better. He gets his head around really well. The only thing Faison really sucks at is, like, the comeback routes, like the curls and the comebacks and the hitches. He doesn't have the the best, like, uh, closing speed, he, the change of direction needed to break up those passes. But, I mean, that's that's okay for a corner four, you know. For a CB4, that's fine. He has his specialties. And, I mean, Davis, he he covers well, but his ball skills are terrible, and mm-hmm. he doesn't tackle. Yeah. And so, I mean, Davis, he's bad at too many things. And, I mean, does he does cover well. He really does. But when you pair bad ball skills up with, you know, being grabby and not getting your head around um, – and, you know, bad run support, it's just there's not enough there to keep Michael Davis. And so I think you move on and draft a guy. You know, Bryce Hall might be available in the third round, and if so, I mean, I would love him. And um, there's a couple free agent corners I would like. Yeah, actually, one is a, a former Eagle that we'll talk about in a bit here. Um, and so, I mean, I think you move on from Michael Davis and just 
try try it with Brandon Faison or a free agent or a draft guy. Don't don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Secondary opposite of Casey Hayward was awful. I'd rather have Faison for sure because at least he's a very good tackler. Like I think the worst case opposite Casey Hayward is you want a guy that can be come up and run support and make some good tackles and that's right. Faison. Like that's not Michael Davis. So it was just awful to see Desmond King and Casey Hayward on one side of the field. You immediately threw your arms up and you're like, "All right, Michael Davis is going to get picked on right here. Yeah. Or it was just bad times. <laughs> bad. All right, well, let's bring up some free agents that aren't the, with the Chargers or formerly of the Chargers. Uh, let's start with some names that are a little bigger, a little out there. Uh, probably not going to happen, but I don't know. Who knows? So don't throw a name out there, Jason. Name. Okay, I thought you were going to oh, say Except it. for Tom Brady. No! Except for Tom Brady. <laughs> nope, you don't talk not about Baltimore. Especially after that report came out that he wants, like, part ownership and he wants to make decisions like nope don't want it don't want it all right so um not named tom brady here are some quarterbacks that i actually like just keep in mind that i am not okay with going and signing a free agent quarterback and giving him 30 million a year i'm not okay with it go get your rookie contract guy tyrod taylor is a good quarterback he's a good starting quarterback all right you already have your guy uh they went and got him last year so they don't need to deal with it this year but if I have to pick, I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, and James Winston. And <laughs> I know I get all the hate in the world for <laughs> everybody thinks I'm a James Winston truther. I was just like, I, I like him, but I don't like I don't think he's a leader or anything. But anyway, so yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, James Winston. Um, I could totally see Marcus Mariota because, I mean, the Chargers don't mind. I was going to mention him as a sleeper free agent because the Chargers don't mind. I mean, assuming they if they draft a quarterback and they have Taylor, they're not taking – I don't think Mariota's going to join the roster. But right. if they pass, I mean, I think they would do it. They don't mind taking on cast-off projects. I mean, they, they had Geno Smith. Ugh. They traded for Cardale Jones. Ugh. And they signed Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. This is all not great it got reasoning. Better. It got better. I know, but like it, it, they have a history of it. Yeah. And they also don't mind, I don't know how much he's going to command, but he's not going to be cheap. They don't mind paying significant money to backup quarterbacks. Tyra Taylor was like the second highest paid backup quarterback last year. So, I mean, who knows? Just go get P.J. Walker. He's better than all of these guys. We <laughs> <laughs> don't have to deal with this. Moving on. Yeah, so you know, moving on to another one that you know Chargers fans talk about it a lot is Jack Conklin. Um, I do think, you know, I've, I've kind of shifted gears here because if the Titans sign Tom Brady, which the, that buzz has been increasing, I don't know if they'll have the money to keep Jack Conklin, Jack Conklin. So I think there is a slight chance that he could come to the Chargers. I just don't think it's really going to happen. I think he probably ends up on a team like the Jets or even like the Buccaneers who are kind He's of going for it. So much money. He is. I think he probably signs for like 17, 18 million. And I Ugh. just, the Chargers don't have that kind of money to be thrown around to, to right tackles as much as the, the position is of need. It's just too expensive for me. If they sign Brady, are they totally out of money and not able to sign Conklin or Henry? Yeah. So they do have a, a good chunk of cap space. I think they could make it work. I, if they could convince Tom Brady to, you know, stay around thirty, and you know, Derek Henry reportedly wants Zeke money, but um, they they'll have to make some really hard decisions. And if they really want Tom Brady, if they really think they're a quarterback away, um, at least one of Conklin or Henry is going to be a free agent for them. So the tackles here that I think are realistic options, I got three. One is Brian Bulaga, two is Demar Dotson, and three is Daryl Williams. So Brian Bulaga, former Packer, played with James Campen, is probably getting re-signed. I can't see them getting rid of him. Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. They have no yeah. reason to completely reset that line and start young. Not right now. So they're probably going to keep Bulaga and reset. They they were a good team last year. They're gonna they're gonna keep things the way they are and keep it stable. Um, but if he is available, he's priority one. Get Brian Bulaga. Uh, he fits with James Campen. Just make it happen. Dotson is a bit older at 34 years old, and he isn't a flashy option, but he could be a good vet to bring in if Pipkins or your rookie right tackle needs more time to develop. If you think they need more time, I could see Dotson being a guy you go get. Now, Williams is kind of the wild card here because when lined up at right tackle for the Panthers, he's good. He's a fine player, 
For some reason, though, well, I mean, it's not for some reason. They had Taylor Moten there, so they moved Daryl Williams around, and it was just, ugh. It was really bad. And um, when he did play up a right tackle, he did fine. But when lined up at left tackle or guard, he's awful. So if you sign him as a right tackle, you'll be fine with Daryl Williams. I would be okay with bringing him in. Yeah, I was also going to bring up some experienced uh, swing tackles. You know, you have George Fan from the Seahawks who, you know, they have Dwayne Brown and Jermaine Effetti. So um, I don't think they have the money to keep George Fan right now as a swing tackle. Um, you know, he's experienced. He's, he's started for them. He's played a lot of games. Um, that would be a good signing for me just as, as a veteran guy to come in and provide some competition. And then you're, you, know, you bring up Balaga, but if they keep Balaga, then they can't keep Jared Vel, Veldier, I think his name is. So, um, you know, he's, that's he's a, been, that's a guy to look for too. Yeah. I think he's a realistic guy. And I think as a swing tackle, again, like, you know, you come in, provide some competition for Sam Tebby or, or Trey Pipkins and, and, and at worst cases, you have a very experienced um, swing tackle that can come in and, and play some good games. You know, again, and against the Seahawks, he didn't allow a single sack when he was starting for the Packers this past year. So um, he still has some good football on him. And, and again, it's a swing tackle that it's low risk, low co- low cost, and I think that's a, that would be a good signing. So I watched two games of the next guy that I'm going to mention, and I was like, "Wow, this is great! He's a free agent. That's awesome. He is a free agent." I just didn't realize he was a restricted free agent until, until after I watched the two games. But I'll bring it up anyway. It's Matt Filer of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Would yeah. it be the first time the Chargers signed a lineman from the Steelers with Max Starks being signed all the way back in 2013 before losing his job to King Dunlap in the same offseason? No. I think is just incredible. Um, he may be seeking a big contract because he, got, he was brought back last year on a pretty cheap deal with the Steelers. I don't think it's a hefty contract, but it's, it's not like a cheap deal. 75, I mean, sorry, here's my pro football focus bit. 75.2 overall grade, 80.7 in pass block, 65 in the run, and about 1,000 snaps played on offense, four sacks on the year, 25 total pressures for reference. Tevi, Tevi gave up 40 pressures and eight sacks. So it's not like a sexy signing. It's not like a, a Conklin or Bulaga, but it's not bad. In the two games I watched him, I watched him play versus the Baltimore Ravens last year, their first game of the season where they went to overtime. And then I watched him play the Chargers the next week in those two games he gave up zero sacks and just one hurry and he he did a number on guys like Joey Bosa he's a smart player clearly looks like a smart player put him next to Turner not bad he's good with his hands so I mean it'd be interesting but then there's the problem with the restricted free agent part and which tanked all my hopes but I'll throw this out there would you throw a sec if they sent him to a second round tenant would you throw a second round pick out there for no. a tackle who's a little more no no <laughs> fine <laughs> No, the second round is is prime as a prime spot this year to take an offensive tackle. So uh, I would do a third round tender. Yeah. Though. yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, if they if they tender him as such, then sure, why not? So looking at guards, there's maybe only going to be a couple guys available here, and the only notable one that I can find is Ronald Leary. You know, you got Graham Glasgow. You've got Brandon Scherf. You've got Joe Thune. I don't think a single one of those guys is going to be available. They're all super young, and they're super talented. Their yeah. teams are not going to let them go. Uh, but Ronald Leary for the Denver Broncos, I could see him coming to Los Angeles and playing for the Chargers. I mean, those kind of players always seem to stay in the division, and I just feel like it's a good fit there if you want, if you want competition with Lamp and Feeney. Well, I guess Feeney's our new starting center. So uh, <laughs> if you want competition with a lamp, then you bring in Ronald Leary because Feeney is the best center on our team. It's not even a competition. Yeah, that's that's confusing. I didn't even look at guards, to be honest, because yeah, you have Lamp, mm-hmm. Feeney, Trey Turner. So, um, yeah, there are some good guards around there. But Sheriff and Thune, I, I just don't think. I would love Thune. I think Thune would be an excellent fit but I just think they're going to be way too expensive. And, and Scherf, again, carries so much injury risk from the past. Um, so I'm going to move on a bit here. I know Jason doesn't really like signing receivers in free agency, but I, w- I do want to bring up this guy. Uh, Randall Cobb actually is the one I want to talk about. Oh. So I think you know the reason why I would potentially like Cobb is just because there's there's basically no risk. You know, There's no Travis Benjamin oh. outcome here because he – He's a slot guy. He's so reliable. He had his best year since 2015 this past year in Dallas for 800-plus uh, yards and three touchdowns. Um, he did? He did. He had 800 yards in Dallas last year for f- and 55 catches. 
I saw that earlier, and I couldn't believe it because he, like, you never heard his name all year. I thought, no. he, was, I thought he was hurt all year. And then I yeah. looked at it earlier, and I was like, what? He yeah. had 800-plus yards? And then I, I looked up some of his highlights, and I was just like, this is whack. Like, he was so quiet. Nobody even knew he was alive. Yeah, yeah nobody was talking about him. It was all Amari Cooper and, and Michael Galv, but... Yeah, you could do so much worse than having Randall Cobb as your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Um, it's just there's no risk there. And, and so I think going in the opposite direction of the Travis Benjamin situation where you're taking a speedster receiver or taking a shot on, on the next supposed young guy, um, you bring in Cobb for a year or two, and you know he's a reliable slot guy, and I, I, would, be, I would be all for that. So the reason I like Cobb, well, there's a reason I like him and a reason I don't. One, he's a good, versatile gadget option. He's going to be that slot receiver. He can carry the ball. He's a good route runner. He's good after the catch. And it would allow Keenan Allen to play outside. That's the big one. You don't need to play Keenan Allen so much in the slot for the entire game. You can move him outside now because you have a new slot receiver. And that's the big thing. You want Keenan Allen to be able to be free to move around wherever you want to put him and still have that presence in the slot. Where Cobb isn't like where I'm not sold on cop is he's not much of a deep threat, which is what the chargers need like really badly. They need that speedster wide receiver, but Cobb would be a good guy to bring in. And you got some other guys here that you could, you could look at with, uh, with more risk, which is Taylor Gabriel and Philip Dorsett. They're both good. Both guys that could work out of the slot. And, uh, I think Dorsett is probably my favorite free agent wide receiver. He's just, he has, he, he has a lot of limitations, but I really like his outbreaking routes, and I really like that speed. And then you've got uh, Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs. He's just a playmaker. You know, give him the opportunity, he's going to make plays. But again, he has that risk there where he just disappears for a stretch of games, and then all of a sudden he'll have the big breakout game. And uh, a big name, AJ Green. I don't think he. Mm. I don't think the Bengals will let him go. But you can't not be okay with pairing A.J. Green up with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean, you want all the weapons for your rookie quarterback, right? If you're going to go get Jordan Love or Justin Herbert, give them A.J. Green, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler to throw to. I mean, who – I'd – shoot, man. Go get A.J. Green. If 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 he's available, you got to at least place a bid, right? Right? Any idea what his – his contract might look like. I don't even know. So that's the thing. It, you know, he's a guy that has so many injuries. Like, right. Give him a one year deal. You know, make him bet on himself. I would totally be about that. Yep. You're probably looking at like 14 to 16 million, maybe. Right. You think so? Yeah. When healthy, he's still one of the best receivers in the league. So um, if you can get him for one year, two years for 20 million, like, I would be okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then in terms of tight ends, you kind of got to cover tight ends a little bit because, you know, Hunter Henry might leave. Uh, this is not a good free agent tight end class at no, it's all. Not. The only not one worth all. going and getting is Eric Ebron. And again, you're running injury risk. So just tag Henry at that point. Yeah. I mean, cause you're only going to sign Eric Ebron to a one year deal because you got to have him prove it. Cause he's always hurt. And yeah. then the Colts gave him the prove it deal and he got hurt. So I mean, I'm not about it, but if you move on from Hunter Henry, that's like the only guy notable that can maybe come in and replace him. And Eric Ebron has stretches of games too, where he just sucks. So (laughs) I don't know about that one. Yeah. So, uh, this is a bit of a sleeper one and we actually mentioned his name already is Charles Clay. The only reason I'm bringing up really is because if the chargers really believe in Tyrod Taylor, Charles Clay would be a good option as a tight end too, because he went over 500 yards every single year with Tyrod as his quarterback, and there's that chemistry mm-hmm. there. And and even if you let Henry, if Henry takes a big deal somewhere else, and you need a spot tight end because this tight end class is in the draft is not very good, you know, sign Charles Clay on the cheap, bring in a guy that Tyrod is familiar with, someone that he has chemistry with, and Charles Clay isn't terrible. You know, I think he's a good enough player where he can kind of hold that fort down and be a a bridge tight end, so to speak. What about running backs? What running backs do you guys like here? Um, running back wise, I'd be okay with Jordan Howard just because right. I think that would be such a good fit um, just with his playing style as, as a big physical guy. Um, if he did not explode for Arizona, Kenyon Drake has always been interesting to me. 
And, you know, he's yep. so similar to what Austin Eckler can do in, in that skill set. Um, but those are really only the two guys that I'm really interested in. But I think Kenny and Drake probably stays with Arizona for a big-ish contract. I think Drake's closer to Justin Jackson when I watch him. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for a smaller name or not not as well-known guy, you could look at Jonathan Williams or Wendell Smallwood. Um, Wendell Smallwood is from Philadelphia, I believe, and then Jonathan Williams out of Green Bay. And they're they're two more powerful backs, powerful-ish. And so, you know, Jordan Howard is a bigger name. Kenyon Drake is a big name. Uh, you also got Frank Gore. I would be okay with Frank Gore. You know, if you need one or two yards, Frank Gore is always going to get it. I feel like he's That'd be always... fun. I would love to see that. I'm such a huge Frank right? Gore fan. And I mean, yeah. it, may, it might not be the most, like amazing thing to happen it's probably not the smartest football move to go get frank gore please do it i just i want to see frank gore in a chargers uniform really bad i just that would be so cool bring him back to the west coast That'd be he awesome. was my favorite player as a kid him and ladanian tomlinson just watching those two mm. it's just so much fun i would love frank gore to come to the chargers that'd be it'd be so cool all right, let's move on to defense is there anybody on defense i'm sure there's a lot of guys on defense we're not really looking for a byron jones guy Right. No, Byron Jones is going to be way too expensive. There was a report today that he's looking for like eighteen or nineteen million a year. Um, Chargers just nah, don't do it. And <laughs> yeah, just, just throw all your money at him. I'd actually be okay yeah. with it. I wouldn't be mad if they went and got Byron Jones. If that's to, like, their one guy. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, one it, big it could even be more than one guy. They have plenty of cap. So I mean, like, mm. if you want to go get Byron Jones, do it. You'd have the best secondary in the NFL. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, you have Casey Hayward locked up in a big contract. The only downside of this is you'd probably let Desmond King go next year, which, I mean, mm-hmm. if he might not be the worst yeah. thing in the world. If he's so. last year's Desmond King, that's that's fine. Um, you, know, you have James Bradbury, too, from Carolina, which he yeah, wants really, $15 million and he yeah, kind of sucks. I'd re- I would rather pay Byron Jones at 18 than Bradbury 15. So there's not many corners I like. Um yeah, I would have been okay with taking a shot on Josh Norman, but you know he's signed with Buffalo, so he's a uh, good cover three corner. He's a bad man to man corner though, which is yeah. why he sucked in Washington. But he's a good cover three corner. Uh, there's Bashad Breland out of Kansas City. I think they retain him, but he's got some good ball skills. I really like his skill set. Uh, but they probably keep him because he's like the first good corner they've had ever. So <laughs> not ever, yeah. but in a while. Uh, you got Jalen Mills out of Philadelphia, who I briefly mentioned earlier, as kind of hinted at him. Uh, he would fit perfectly in the Chargers cover three defense, right? Jalen Mills, not a great man-to-man corner, but you give him a uh, cover three defense to work with where he doesn't, like, he has a responsibility and he can stick with it. He's fine. Go get Jalen Mills and you have a good second corner. Uh, and then you got Trey Waynes out of Minnesota. High athletic upside, uh, but... He he has some technical issues that he has yet to to work out, but he's a high upside, great athleticism player. Uh, you could bring him in and maybe work on something. I think he would do fine as a CB two or CB three, so that could be an option there as well. Speaking of Desmond King and possibly be replacing him, considering how he looked last season, I did see a guy in free agency. I saw him kind of earlier in the year doing okay, and I kind of kept an eye on him. It's Brian Poole of the Jets. 80 coverage grades, 79 overall grade. I only watched one game as his. I apologize, but I loved his work against the Patriots early in the year. He played really well. He does kind of does everything that Desmond King does. You know, 52 solo tackles, 22 run stops. I can't remember how many sacks or not sacks. 22 pressures run stops? 22 run stops. So just Allowed 62.3% completion percentage. Go for it. So put it, to put that into perspective, PFF ranks the run stops as within two yards of the line of scrimmage, right? So 22 run so. stops is insanity. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, that's pretty good. That's a lot of run stops. Um, and he only signed a last year. He signed a one year, like three and a half million dollar deal with the Jets. So I don't think he's a, he's not like a big name guy. It's going to cost a lot. The reason this works, in my opinion, is because he does what Desmond King does. The reason it doesn't work is because we have Desmond King already. Not we. Yeah, the it's just bad King timing. Already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the Chargers. You know, you never know. They sent King home. For one game, he obviously regressed, gave up the most, you know, the highest completion percentage in the NFL for anyone with 100, more than 150 coverage snaps, which Ugh. seems like I'm kind of like cutting, you know, the numbers how I want. But King had 392 coverage snaps, so it's not like I'm, yeah. you know, trying to yeah. do whatever. Um, 
And, you know, if they have a guy on the cheap who, I mean, they, they benefit a lot from this, from having the depth last year, like we talked about with, with, with they had Derwin James, lost him. Then they had Adrian Phillips, lost him. They went to Roderick Teamer, that didn't work. And at the end of the day, Jalen Watkins saved the day. You know, and if, if, if King isn't working out or even if he gets injured, a guy like Poole might not be that bad, especially if you can kind of replicate what he does other than kick and punt returns. For what it's worth, I think Desmond King bounces back next year. Absolutely. I, I hope 100% he does, too. I 100% believe so. I just, mm-hmm. you know, their players have down years, and I think it was a down year for him. I think with Derwin James out, all the responsibility kind of fell on him, and even all the fans, you know, you, it was like everything shifted, and everybody looked at Desmond King and was like, all right, what are you going to do? You know, there's talk that maybe move Desmond King to strong safety. I know I had been advocating for that. I that was one of my things that I said right when Derwin James got hurt. Move Desmond King to strong safety in base packages. You know, to take yeah. Roger Teamer off the field and have Desmond King play mm-hmm. that. So I feel like there was a lot of expectation there for Desmond King to perform. You know, he he gets the sacks when Derwin James doesn't. He gets the pick sixes and he covers the flats. So people are kind of expecting Desmond King to step up, and I feel like he was picked on a lot because of you know when melvin ingram was out and there wasn't as much pass rush and you had desmond king playing man coverage which he is very bad at so i mean i wouldn't say he's very bad at it he's just not good at it so i mean it was just it was too much on desmond king's plate i feel like and it was just a down year for him so when you combine those two things i think he'll bounce back and he'll do fine yeah, I agree with both of those, and I think Brian Poole would be a really interesting target. That's a good good find, Tyler. Um, as far as linebackers go, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I would love Corey Littleton on the Chargers. I think he would be an excellent mm-hmm. fit as a sideline to sideline guy. You know, he's as as athletic as it gets. I just think he's going to be way too expensive. Um, then you have a guy like Danny Trevathan, who I think maybe the Bears move off from him. They're kind of in no man's land in terms of cap space, so. I wouldn't hate signing Danny Trevathan if they move on from Denzel Perryman. I think Trevathan would be a, a good fit there. Um, there's just not a lot of cheap linebackers that I would I would like signing. So if you cut Perryman and you do not re-sign Jatavis Brown, I am 100% for Corey Littleton. Go get him. Because yeah. that would that is what the Chargers have been missing. And I know people think Drew Tranquil is the answer. He's not. I'm sorry. I mean, he might oh, yeah. grow into it. But, I mean, he's already 20 – he's going to be tur- turning 25, right? I mean, there, there's not a lot of development left in Drew Tranquil. He's already up there. And so, I mean, Corey Littleton would give the Chargers what they've been missing for so long here. And uh, that's a good coverage linebacker, like a good coverage linebacker. They have one in Kaiser White, but they refuse to play him. So, I mean, Cor- <laughs> Corey Littleton, go get him. Uh, I feel like I keep saying this, like – they need this linebacker. Well, I mean, Kaiser White is that linebacker, but they don't play yeah. him. But they need this line. Well, they have it, but they won't play him. So another one is to hear Whitehead out of the Raiders. Uh, that oh, yeah, I forgot they, well. they just cut him. Yeah, so that could be an option there. Uh, not a not a terrible linebacker. I mean, he he's even kind of good. And so, I mean, I would consider signing to hear Whitehead. He'd be a good guy to bring in if you cut Denzel Perryman. You need a veteran presence there. Uh, to kind of rotate with Drew Tranquil. So, I mean, that's another option as well. Funny how the Raiders, who need more linebackers, just cut their best linebacker. Yeah. they see, That's a trend. Get rid of their best players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like good players in Oakland. Well, it's uh, funny because he Vegas. he was a guy that they signed be, with the cap space that they freed from the Kulamak and Amari Cooper trade, and then they're like, nah, we're good. And they cut Brandon Marshall. I think Brandon Marshall, actually, now that I'm thinking of this, Brandon Marshall would be a good good fit as well. And he's probably really cheap. He didn't play last year. Uh, at least I don't think he did. Um, he's a good coverage linebacker, sideline to sideline guy that I wouldn't mind sign, signing either. So now we've got interior D-line and safeties. I don't know if we want to cover safeties. There's only two guys I really like, which is Anthony Harris and Blake Countess. I think Anthony Harris returns to his team. I think he resigns. Uh, Blake Countess, I think, was just released, right? Or it was announced that they were parting ways with Blake Countess. Uh, so they're solid athletes with some potential as backups. But when you got Nas, you got Phillips, you got Derwin, you got Watkins, uh, just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. You also have Jenkins, the elite safety. Who's also going to break out from that elite safety that he already is. 
Yeah. <laughs> Our elite safety is going to break out in 2020. How do you break out from elite? Like, where do you go from elite? I told you it's super elite sane. Squared, man. <laughs> elite squared. Elite to the power of two. Yeah, exactly. Just wait till 2021. It's power of three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> super, super elite saying. All right, so interior D-line, we've got a few names here that I would be okay with. I'm going to just go through them real quick before doing a brief rundown. we got Malik Collins, Javon Hargrave, Quentin Jefferson, DJ Reader, and Leonard Williams. These are guys I would be okay with. So with Leonard Williams and DJ Reader, you have more of run stoppers, which the Chargers need, especially if they let Sylvester Williams go or refuse to play him. Then you go with those two. The guy I want here is Quentin Jefferson. You know, he had limited snaps, and he got four sacks. So I feel like there's something there. Uh, he won't be the ultimate run defender, but he can get after the QB. He ran a 4-9 as a defensive tackle. So, I mean, that could, that could be an option there, and I'm all for it. Go get Quentin Jefferson. Uh, Leonard Williams has the high upside. Had it. He's had it for, like, ever. Yeah. But he keeps getting moved around. He's like the new Snacks Harrison. Snacks Harrison is retiring, so now you need a new one, and that's Leonard Williams. Who, he is? Yeah, I, I think he is. Snacks the, Harrison. The Lions cut him, and he's considering retirement. Right. So okay. he's, he's mulling retirement or potentially. That means back. he's signing with the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that would be such a Patriots move. Uh, and then DJ Reader, it would be a great guy to bring in. He's a good run stopper from the Texans, I believe. And um, I think he and Hargrave are going to command big money just because they're really young guys. I, Javon Hargrave is from the Steelers. They're just really young guys that have a really high potential in the future, especially as run stoppers. And I think Hargrave even offers a lot as a pass rusher. I think he had four and a half sacks. So, I mean, it's some actually really good interior D-line options in free agency. And I know everybody keeps saying, like, you need to draft one to replace Jerry Tillery because Jerry Tillery is already a uh, bust. 100%. He's done. His career's over. So we need yep. to go draft a guy. He's a rookie and he tapped out already. Yeah, it's done. I mean, Jerry Tiller, it's not like he was starting to pick it up late in the season or anything. But what do I know? So there is a, a certain interior defensive lineman who was rumored last year at a certain gas station run-in. Uh, would either of you <laughs> take a shot on Indomitian Su at this point in his career? Nah. <laughs> Tyler, I mean, he played okay. Didn't he kind of be okay with the Buccaneers? Yeah, he was no? pretty good last year with the Buccaneers. I'm sure the Buccaneers would love to have him back. They can go ahead and do that. They can do that and sign Tom Brady too. Yeah, just like us, we could go sign Tom Brady and sign Brian Bulaga and go sign Philip Dorsett and go sign the best guard. Go sign Joe Thune. We can go sign Quentin Jefferson and Corey Littleton and build a super team with Tom Brady at the lead. And then at six, also draft Justin Herbert and keep Tyrod on the squad because Tyrod is a good backup. You know, $60 million quarterback room, maybe more, $70 million or Because money know. grows on trees. Yeah. And so, and so quarterback's do, the most important position. So $60 million is, you know, yeah. <laughs> Got to give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> All the quarterbacks. We're gonna draft Tom Brady. We're gonna, or we're not gonna Taysom draft. Hill, we're gonna sign Tom Brady. Bridgewater, sign, whatever. Oh, I've seen Taysom Hill tr- truthers out there. I think we should sign Taysom Hill or put give him the tender Ugh. for fun. No, yeah. no. I watched we him play. I watched him play several times in college. Taysom Hill. Plus, he's like thirty already. Taysom Hill's yeah. not an NFL <laughs> starting quarterback. We got Easton Stick, guys. Easton Stick is a Charger. We already have Taysom Hill. Stop saying Taysom Hill. I mean, there's not a lot of people saying it. There's only like two people that I've seen say it. Like, you two people. <laughs> but they're loud. Shut up. No more Taysom Hill. If you follow our podcast, I enjoy your take. Uh, no matter how garbage they are. Uh, Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah. We enjoy garbage ones, too. Don't worry. Yeah, Please we we really takes. like Those the garbage are better. Takes. They're better yeah. than the serious takes. You know, when somebody says we should sign Taysom Hill, I take it more seriously and have more fun with it than somebody trying to justify that we should throw all our money at Tom Brady. (laughs) Give me Taysom Hill, actually. I like Taysom Hill. You know what? Whoever suggested that to me, perfect. Let's go get Taysom Hill. We We don't need Tom Brady in Los Angeles. Let's go get Taysom Hill. He's the next Tom Brady. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's the next Tom Brady. Let's go get <laughs> let's give the Saints a second round pick because of their tender on him. Then it's a first round pick, dude. They gave him a first round tender? They gave him a first round tender. First round what? Tender. Yeah. What? what am I missing? Is Taysom Hill really the next Tom Brady? Are we is there a Taysom Hill fan club out there? It's called the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and Sean Payton Hill is the president. <laughs> Drew Brees is the anti-Taysom Hill fan club. Oh, my gosh. He came back because he learned the Saints were going to make Taysom Hill their starter. He's like, no. <laughs> this cannot not happen. this to New Orleans. We're not, we're not letting this happen. I'm coming back. Ugh. I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> it's good. a good podcast. For sure. Anybody, anybody else you guys are considering bringing up or who covered most of it, yeah? Uh, P.J. Walker. Did I already bring up P.J. Walker? We, he's a fun one I'd like yeah. to have on the team, actually. No, he really fits what the Chargers want. It's not. A, I'm not joking. It may sound like I'm joking with P.J. Walker. No, I'm joking about Tom Brady and Taysom Hill, guys. I'm not joking about P.J. Walker. <laughs> it's not Just even so the same clear. conversation. Uh, P.J. Walker offers more upside than a lot of draft prospects. I think the only one I could say is better going in is probably Joe Burrow. This is like the only one you could say offers more as a prospect than PJ Walker. And I mean, obviously you have your high ceiling guys that might work out better than PJ Walker, but he's legit. He really is. And he's showing it every single week. I mean, you have Josh Johnson, who is an actual NFL vet who could probably start for a couple of teams. Um, And PJ Walker is outplaying Josh Johnson. So, I mean, what does that say about P.J. Walker? I mean, to me, it says he could do this. And so, I mean, go get P.J. Walker playing behind Tyrod Taylor. Uh, maybe maybe that's your guy. Maybe maybe you don't need to go draft a quarterback. P.J. Walker. <laughs> I mean, if, if I was running the Chargers, which obviously I'm not, because I have takes like this, I would go sign P.J. Walker <laughs> instead, of taking, instead of taking Justin Herbert at six. You know? I mean... That's why I don't run NFL teams. <laughs> at least you own fantasy that. world. Yeah, I, I I actually sat down and watched this last week's game, and I thought PJ Walker played really well, and I thought you know he had a couple of interceptions, but he bounced back well from those, and that was his first real moment of adversity, and he, and he went down and led his team to a victory. So I like PJ Walker. I I don't see that upside that Jason is is talking about. I can see. So he's the best. <laughs> Shut up, Steven. I, I can see the town there. I do. I do here. think that he belongs on an on an NFL roster. I think he's an NFL. He does backup at least. So he does. I'm hyping him up a little bit just because I think it's awesome his journey that he's yeah, taken totally. and he's you know he's gotten to this point where he's the best quarterback in the XFL, which is great. It's fantastic. And so I am hyping him up a bit. I really I don't honestly think that he could come be a starter and perform as great as he's doing in the XFL. I do think he's a solid prospect. Like, honestly, he's the same age as Joe Burrow. Like, I think really? he's like six months older. So it's like, that's crazy. when you look at him as a prospect, it, he's a good he's a good quarterback prospect. He could work out on an NFL team. But um, I am overhyping him a little bit just because I think it's awesome, his journey so far. For sure. For sure. An hour and five minutes. Is that enough for you guys? An hour and five minutes of us talking. So you're looking at an hour and 30 minutes of us talking. We're not done. We could keep talking. We're done. Yeah, let's uh, just talk about other players. Yeah, let's talk Let's talk about more stuff. Just sign uh, everyone. So yeah, uh, what do we want to talk about? Coronavirus, guys. Oh, NBA shutting down. Oh, wow. Are you ready for yeah. this conversation? <laughs> no, I think that's it for today. Bye. <laughs> Yo, NFL's going to shut down. No draft. No I, draft. I don't think that they'll allow fans of the draft, though. I think that's gonna be done. Probably not. That's fine. I'm glad I didn't book a ticket to go. Same. Yeah, we almost did. We, we almost did. did. Almost Any- did. We're gonna shoot for it next year as long as there's no, you know, Bud Light virus or something going around. <laughs> Bud Light virus. <laughs> no, next year has to be. Uh, next year has to be like t- the Tecate virus. <laughs> this year's oh, Corona. No. Next year's Tecate. Oh man! All right, Tyler, Boy. send us home, dude. That's it for today. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please leave us a good review if you like the podcast. Or if you don't like the podcast, please leave us a good review anyway because we need it and deserve it. Jason and Steven, can you tell us where we can find you guys on Twitter or even Instagram, Jason? 
Instagram, you could find it at GAC Podcast 17, same as the Twitter. And you could find me at Centauri13 on Twitter. And uh, please follow me on Instagram. That way I could get more followers than Steven on Twitter and Tyler on Facebook because I want to look cooler. And I want to have all the followers. <laughs> well, you're not going to catch me on Twitter, so you got to win somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> it passed me in one day. This sucked. I'm catching up. I am. You catching are catching up. up. You're at like uh, 1,090 or something like that. Yeah. 1,100. Not- nice. 1,100. Nice. I'm getting up there. That's good. Podcast account is I keep next. hovering around somewhere. Yeah, yeah. The podcast account. Oh, yeah, by the way, when the podcast account does reach 1,000 followers, which hopefully happens before the draft, around the draft, we will be doing a separate giveaway for that. Not even just, it's not even just a Patreon only giveaway. It's a giveaway for everyone. But to enter, we're probably going to have you guys leave a review or something. That'll kind of be your entry. So leave a review now. Set it. You already entered when we hit 1,000. Good to go. So, yeah, all the good stuff. Uh, this is Tyler. You can find me at Tyler J. Shoon. Or you can just go to Facebook and look at the, the podcast, Guilty as Charged Podcast. You'll find us. Can't imagine there's too many. Can't wait to interact with all the amazing Facebook fans. They're <laughs> you know, nothing but level-headed Number one, what are they called? Number one fans, or what's the? I don't know. What's the thing you get? From oh, like a oh, fan or something oh, like that? shut up. Uh, hashtag love a six. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> or PJ Walker. PJ no, Walker. No PJ Walker. You just love a six. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate it. Take care and enjoy your weekend. Bye. Bye bye. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com